Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. I do declare here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbus. The attorneys pay a quick visit to Ostrogon the Wizard to ask for his help in teleporting to Malawin Shores. After some negotiating, drama, and urgent sandwich making, Ostrogon agrees to teleport them. However, the teleport goes wrong, and the attorneys find themselves in a strange desert village. With the horses and Jessica unconscious, they are then confronted by zombies. A gruesome battle which takes much of their strength and leads to the death of Wade the Horse. Having killed the three zombies at the expense of an unconscious Tony the Pony, Popcorn, Jessica, and Thomas, Ostrogon and Gary are confronted by a strange dark elf. I do declare, your honor is back in session. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The sun begins setting over the dry, sandy landscape as the sky fills with hues of orange, pink, and purple. Lying in messy puddles of blood and necrotic ooze, we see an unconscious Jessica Felcher and Thomas Phelps, three finally dead zombies, an unconscious Tony the Pony and Popcorn the Horse, and a disemboweled Wade the Horse. A dark elf in a tight vest and red corvat cradles one of the zombies' bodies, muttering, (laughs) What have you done? What have you done? All right, get away. Those are zombies. Get back. As his eyes glow with a vibrant red hue. (laughs) He collapses over the corpse and regains his breath as thick black veins pop out around his neck and eyes. Suddenly, you hear... as about seven other zombies begin to approach from further in the village of adobe houses. The dark elf picks up a gray staff of twisting, sickly branches that appear to have black ooze solidified in a series of dribbles down the length of it. He pulls himself up with the support of the staff, and from within the bundle of branches, at the top, you see a purple glow as black vapors begin to rise from it. The elf breathes in deeply, and the veins seem to recede as he stands a bit taller. 
fixing his eyes on you, Gary. Ostrogon pants, leaning against his staff, and also looks to you with pleading eyes. What do you do? Oh, no. Ostrogon, get everybody out of here. I'll handle them. I, I, I don't know if I can, Gary. Well, perhaps... What have you done? Jessica and Thomas make a death save. 14. That is a success for you, Thomas. A 19. And that is a success for you, Jessica. How many more of you will I have to stop? <laughs> and you see he lifts up the staff as it begins to glow. Ostrogon takes off. He, like, almost vaults with his staff and runs over to Jessica. And you see this dark elf blast this bright white beam from within this cradle of sickly branches at Ostrogon. It hits him in the side of the shoulder, the arm that is holding the staff, as he takes four points of damage. And you see his arm freeze up and he goes, Gary, these are not the sandwiches I was promised! Gary, what do you do? I'm going to attack the man that has just attacked Ostrogon. Do so. I don't think a 12 will hit, will it? It would if it wasn't for something he has. So you pull out that rapier and you lunge toward this dark elf. As you swing, he begins to move out of the way and absorbs the blow of your rapier onto his staff. And you almost feel like this reverberation go from the staff up the rapier and onto you, almost like you're being shot, but not quite. And he twists, throwing your sword off and away from him. And you are now just barely with your back towards him. As you see, the seven other zombies begin to approach and shamble their way closer toward you, going... They are about five feet away from you now. So they've just reached you, but they cannot attack you this turn. Can I do a bonus action? Yeah. What do you got? Hide. Ooh, you can hide as a bonus action? <laughs> yeah. Where are you hiding? Gary's going to burrow into the sand uh, like a gopher. <laughs> That's going to be a very difficult hide check, but go for it. Use Wade. Can I go into Wade's body? You can try. I'm guessing that it'll be less difficult than burrowing into the sand. Yeah, roll a stealth. <laughs> Seven. You run over to Wade's disemboweled body and you slip on one of the intestines and land in it. Ugh, it's kind of gross. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> Ostrogon, now having taken a slight hit, is kind of struggling to hold the staff since his arm is frozen and he's trying to shake that off. You hear the crackling as he tries to extend his elbow and he wanders over to Jessica, grabs her, and you see both of them disappear in a cloud of smoke. <laughs> Ostrogon and Jessica are gone. Thomas, make a death saving throw. 18. Thomas, you stabilize at zero HP. You cease dying, but are unconscious. Okay, Jessica, make a death saving throw as well. <gasps> you did not roll a one. Uh, I was very close. A two. Oh. So that is a <laughs> second failure for Jessica. You are one failure away from death. <laughs> oh no, Jessica. And you are God knows where. Seeing Ostrogon poof away and Gary having slipped into this pile of gore, the dark elf is going to look at Gary and just start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> And as he laughs, 
you see this black smoke almost, but it is so dense it almost looks like a finger. As it works its way towards you, Gary, you smell that scent of like almost like fog machine as it works its way up your face and pours into your eyes and begins to cover them entirely. Gary, make a wisdom saving throw. Christ alive. I have no wisdom. Eight. And you feel that black smoke kind of envelop your eyes as you fall unconscious. Uh, uh, Tony. Christopher. Calvin. to the inky blackness of death, unconsciousness, whatever you want to call it. Thomas. A voice reaches out to you from within the void of death. Find the truth and nothing but serve justice. Papa? Thomas, regain one hit die of health as you wake up. Oh god, where am I? What happened? Am I okay? What's what's going on? (laughs) You wake up with one hit die worth of health. You are inside a sandy pit. The white sleeves of your shirt are torn up. Your ruffles ruined and your coat is gone. You feel the glow from within your satchel, that tingle that you feel from your tome. Almost as if it's like energizing you. And you stand up in this sandy pit. It's about 10 feet deep and it's square. It looks like you might be within one of those adobe houses that you saw. 10 feet, you say? I seem to be in a bit of a predicament here. The, what? Was this book talking to me? Can I, I'm going to open the book to see if it makes a noise. <laughs> it makes no noise. The, the glow is done. Hmm. Did give me special powers before. That's pretty cool that I have that now. Uh, is there anyone around me? Not yet. Jessica, make a death saving throw. It's a 14. That is your second success. So the next roll determines Jessica's fate forever. Okay, Thomas. Yes. Within the sandy pit, you hear a shuffling as the elven man walks to the edge of the pit with his staff. Uh Uh-oh. Behind him, you see a reanimated Wade the horse. (laughs) With white glazed over eyes and intestines dragging along the ground. Two zombies shuffle over to Wade, pick up an unconscious Gary, and throw him into the pit. Can I try to catch him to soften the landing? Roll an athletics. 17. Okay, you catch Gary and manage to uh, take the brunt of the blow and then gently place him on the ground. Okay. At which point, Gary, that probably wakes you up. Mama? Uh, no, I'm not your mother. It's Thomas, Gary. I feel the cheeks of Thomas like I'm in like the cradled baby position. Uh, 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 can, can you put me down? This is, uh... I just drop him. What? What's going on? You look up and you see the elven man kind of looking at you quizzically. 
And he kind of crouches down toward you and he says, How many? <laughs> How many more of you are, <laughs> are <they> sending? <laughs> S- sir, I assure you, we were not sent by anyone. We're not sending anyone anywhere. We would like to be let go now. I think there's been a big misunderstanding here. <laughs> They killed all of us. <laughs> all, all of who? And you see those black veins pop out around his neck and eyes again, and he brings the staff to his nose, and the vapors appear again, and he breathes deeply. <laughs> Jessica, you wake up. Up. You feel yourself stabilize and kind of return from the pit of death. And then you feel a hand slapping your face. Yeah. And oh, you hear a oh, voice. Oh. A voice you recognize at first. Miss Fairchild, are you alright? But then you hear another voice. One that you have never heard before. And as you open your eyes, you see a halfling standing over you in white linen clothes. And he says... Pizza, pizza. <laughs> Are you all right? Oh, I I mean, I've been certainly been better, but, you know, I, I suppose when you, when you, death is the other uh, side of the coin there, I suppose I'm doing all right. Yeah. And Ostrogon puts a foot over your mouth and goes, shh, and you hear... <laughs> and you realize you are currently slumped behind... One of the adobe houses in the village. You know what? I'll just, uh, yeah, well, thanks for, uh, and, and I'm so sorry. I'm being so terribly rude here. Um, who are you? My name's Jessica, Jessica Felcher Esquire. <laughs> it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. <laughs> sorry there. I'm a little short of breath still. Oh, you imagine that. I'm just keep talking though. Haha. <laughs> oh, um, nice to meet you. My name is, uh, you can call me Tiro. Tiro? Yes. Oh well, it's a it's it's a pleasure to what, meet you. Tira. What are you guys doing here? Well, we were teleporting across the continent, you know, uh, <laughs> as as you do, and uh, kind of a mistake. Uh, oh, uh, is there somewhere maybe we should hide, or is this is this the best spot? As this is happening, you hear the very slow gallop of a horse. Not even quite a gallop more of a shamble and you see ostrogon peek out around the corner of the adobe house as he sees an undead wade the horse with an unconscious gary being led by a dark elf i think they're taking uh, mr mobile into that house over there oh gary uh we we got it we got it oh i and jessica tries to get up but she's still very weak yeah miss Velcher, let me help you up thank you so much oh astrogon you a real lifesaver. No, I, I, I really thought about teleporting back to my tower, but it just felt wrong. I, I wouldn't have necessarily blamed you. We, we, we put you in a lot of danger here, and I'm sorry for that. But would you mind sticking around to try and help Gary and wherever the heck Thomas is? I can't explain it, but I feel compelled to. Tiro, have you any sort of healing you can give Miss Felcher here? Oh my, um, healing... Not really. Um, I might have a medicine kit somewhere. Well, then I suppose we must hope that Mr. Phelps can help. If we sneak around, I think we can get onto the roof of that building, at least see what's going on. I'm not entirely sure what's going on here. 
There are a bunch of people and there's zombies running around. There's unconscious people. What? What is happening? I'm not sure. We just arrived. <laughs> and one of the zombies starts rounding the corner. And so Ostrogon kind of like picks Jessica up. And says, quickly to the other side. Move, move, move. Jessica tries to shamble with him to move quickly. Yeah. And he brings you around to like the other wall of the house to try and avoid the gaze of the zombie. And he says, look back of that building we just need to cross that alleyway and i think we could try if not climb up at least try to listen to whatever's going on in there i mean the more information we have the the better a decision we can make so i i agree let's let's head for it quietly now everyone roll a stealth check for me jessica rolls a 17 for her stealth check tira has a 23 ostrogon only rolls a nine but it's actually enough for you to just barely scrape by the back of a zombie walking down the alleyway going <laughs> and you make it to the back of another building and through the cracks in the ceiling of the adobe house you can hear the dark elf talking to someone they killed all of us <laughs> And we're back inside the house. Uh, Dark Elf, look, by the entrance, a disturbance. You should go check it. <laughs> you take me for a fool. <laughs> I, You know, I did, actually. That was my mistake. I thought you were a lunatic. You are a lunatic, but a dumb one. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's listening to me. <laughs> Just laugh with him. I don't know. I, I'm not going to laugh with him. Are you kidding me, Gary? Come on. I could go look. <laughs> You're going to die anyways. Sure, go look, please. You're disturbing me a great deal. <laughs> Prefer not to look at you. And more of the zombies begin shuffling into the house. Oh, God. And they begin to surround the edges of the pit and say, Sure! Okay, Gary, we do not have a lot of time here. The way I see it, one of us needs to give the other a boost out of here. And while we're out of the pit, look for a way to get the other person up out of the pit as well. Toss something down, like a rope or something. Uh, while Thomas is talking, Gary's going to open up his suitcase. He's going to click one of his pens, and it turns into a javelin. It extends. Jeez, Gary. And, uh, <laughs> I just I have a javelin. I just wanted to make it cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then he starts tying a rope to the javelin. Oh, that works too. Okay. Roll a survival check to see how securely you manage to make this contraption. Oh, hey, uh, Thomas, you want to make a good knot? Can you help me? I got a six. <laughs> you know, I was a boy scout a long time ago. I think I'm, I, I could try. And so Thomas gives you pointers, taking the help action, roll with advantage. Nine. Eighteen. There we go. Okay. And you manage to tie it pretty securely. I want to be clear. The zombies are surrounding the pit. Yeah. Like they're staring down. Yeah. It. There are roughly five zombies surrounding the pit. As you see the dark elf kind of limping over to the entrance of the adobe hut that you're in and looking out and around for a second. For the people outside, you are now presumably hearing all of this in real time, so if you want to take an action at any point, let me know. Jessica, in preparation for what she perceives will probably be a dangerous situation, casts mage armor on herself to raise her AC to 12. All right, what kind of spells you got quickly? Uh, I have... Uh, spells? 
I, this book is glowing. Is that what you mean? What I was doing before? All right, all right. I'm gonna throw my javelin up and try. To, if there's a raptor in the ceiling or some, or if it has to just go straight to the ceiling, you can do that. It will be very difficult. But furthermore, I just want to let you know, like, this is probably gonna make noise. So, like, is T-Row seeing like all this is going on? He's gonna like crack his fingers and like snap, and it's just gonna send like, a noise out to distract the dark elf. And he's gonna cast minor illusion, and it's gonna be like, hey. He rolls a 20. Does that beat your DC? Off. Yeah. <laughs> so you, we hear the sound, hey, over here, like echo from a different spot in the row of adobe houses. And the wizard literally almost collapses in laughter going, <laughs> you're out of tricks. <laughs> I'm going to say Gary because of the fortunate timing of this, this would be your opportunity to do it without getting noticed. Okay. As the sound is ringing out. So go ahead and roll a athletics check, I guess, for me to launch the javelin. A 15. That is exactly what you needed to hit. So as you hear that echo go through and the dark elf begins laughing, we hear the as a javelin flies straight up into the ceiling and then lodges itself into that adobe ceiling and a little bit of that kind of clay material falls down onto your head. Follow me quickly. And I'm gonna shimmy up that rope. We'll roll in athletics for that. We'll get a 17. Okay, and you begin crawling up no problem. So remember, the pit is about 10 feet deep, so you crawl up to roughly about the zombie's height, so yeah. almost at foot level, and they begin reaching out at you going, hey. And I kick them back. <laughs> Trying to stay quiet. (laughs) (laughs) And you see the elf pick himself up on the staff and turn around to look at you. Thomas, are you doing anything during all of this? Yes, my book is glowing red and that sort of seeps into my hands and I'm like, what is this? What's going on? And then my hands start shaking to make a like an Iron Man motion Uh and I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast on the zombie, wherever Gary's facing, the one in front of him. So he has like a place to jump through. Okay. Roll that attack for me. Oh, nat 20. <laughs> that hits. Roll double damage. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Oh no. That's a two. <laughs> you shoot out this Eldritch Blast. So the book begins glowing red. It's almost like it takes a hold of you and then you just channel that energy. And this big burst of force flies out. And one of the zombies that is clawing, beginning to scratch at Gary's shoe. The four damage that you do just blasts its hand off, and the hand falls into the pit. <laughs> and it goes, <laughs> as the elf has now finished turning around, goes, <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> you know, I'm not quite sure myself. He begins, like, very frantically scrambling over to Gary on the rope. At this point, Ostrogoth goes, it's all I can do. And he like begins moving his hands in these weird motions. And you see a circle appear around him. And then for the two of you in the Adobe house, Thomas, just to your right next to you. So right below the rope that Gary is climbing, you guys see a circle appear on the ground and light up with these magical blue runes. As Ostragon does that, Jessica will take that kind of opportunity to cast sleep. Does the Dark Elf have more than 34 HP? Yes. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) So you begin to cast sleep and we see like these little twinkles, almost like like magical dust floating in the air to the Dark Elf as he's scrambling toward Gary with this wild look in his eyes going, (laughs) and 
nothing happens, Jessica. Damn. As he continues on his path. So Tiro, again, is gonna start, like, twitching his fingers, moving up some, like, magic and stuff. He's gonna, like, uh, like another, like, little snap. He's gonna cast this level one pants. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> pants? What does pants do? So, it says, a creature you can see within range must succeed on a strength saving throw or become restrained as ethereal legwear drops down to its ankles, contorting and shackling them. As an action, the creature may attempt to pull this legwear back up, making a strength check against your spell save DC and removing the restraint condition on a success. So if you can beat a 14 strength save. What an absolutely ridiculous spell. He rolls a two. So he is now constrained by ethereal pants. (laughs) So you see these ethereal blue jeans appear on the dark elf. And they drop to his ankles and tighten, almost making like cuffs. And he trips over them. And the staff rolls out of his hand. His arms are dangling into the pit, and the staff also rolls into the pit. Thomas, it almost bonks you in the head as it falls down. Gary, I believe it is your turn. And you hear Ostrogon yell, Into the portal, quickly, the gate! Uh... I hope he, is he talking about what's in the pit? That's all you hear. Can I roll a strength check to take the javelin with me as I jump into the portal? All right, roll it. Ten. <laughs> you yank on it and it budges a little bit, but it doesn't come out. What do you want to do? I will fall into the portal. Okay, Gary, you let go of the rope and fall down to the ground. And Thomas, you see as his feet reach that circle on the ground, he just keeps falling. And then Jessica and Tiro, you see a little <laughs> goblin get spit out right near where Ostrogon was standing. <laughs> Gary, oh gosh, Gary, come on, come on, here. You're right. We gotta be, we gotta keep it quiet. I crawl like to the hole I came out of and I stick my head through to look at Thomas in the house. <laughs> Grab the staff and let's go. At this point, <laughs> you see the elf go, no, no, give me that, give me that. Uh-uh. Find his keepers. Uh, he, he tries to break at the pants and then realizes that it would take too long and goes, fuck it. <laughs> And rolls into the pit with Thomas <laughs> and is going to grab the staff. I break Thomas, it. Thomas, you break it? In half. Yep. Snap it over my leg. No, I want to reach out with the mage hand and grab it. Okay, we're going to roll a three-way dexterity contest. So this is Thomas versus the Dark Elf versus T-Rose mage hand. So everyone roll a dexterity check. Oh, shit, he rolled well. 16. 21. Uh, plus my four for dexterity is 20. Fuck, 21? Yeah. So, he desperately lunges into the pit, and Thomas, you begin to pick it up, and as he's falling, he grabs it in midair and, like, rolls onto the ground going... Yeah, Ostrogon's just gonna spend his turn shouting, Mr. Felt, into the portal! You got it. <laughs> that was Tiro's turn. Jessica, Gary, do you guys want to do anything right yeah, now? I'll whack him and then leave the portal. <laughs> I'll stick a hand out and, like, whack him and then leave. Roll, roll an unarmed <laughs> attack. I'm gonna target the staff to try and break it. Oh, you want to break the staff? Yeah. Okay, because that is an action in and of itself. So roll a strength contest with the Darko. <clears throat> Uh, 12 <laughs> Shit 
He rolled a critical failure. Yeah. Give me that. Gary. Gary, you pop your top half through the arcane gate and pop out in the pit between Thomas and the Dark Elf. The elf looks at you with wild eyes as he clutches the staff tightly and shouts, <laughs> as you take a palm and chop straight through the staff. Time crawls to a standstill as the sickly gray wood of the staff splinters apart and you see countless magical reactions shoot off at once. The splinters of the wood quickly burn in multicolored fire as blasts of ice, smoke, and fire shoot off in all directions, consuming the item as they do. You see the dark elf desperately breathe in some of the black vapors. And as they enter his nose, they thicken, enrapturing his face and turning to flames. You see his face contort into what you assume is a scream, but you don't hear it. In the center of the break, you see more and more multicolored magical charges amassing into one large swirling orb that grows, brightens, and bursts. Your own eardrums are shattered in the explosion as the charge grows into a 30-foot radius, consuming everything in its path. You watch as the Dark Elf turns to bone, then dust, and you prepare for death. Gary, no! God damn it! Gary, you take one desperate look toward Thomas in the final milliseconds of your life as these charges consume you. Thomas... This all happened so quickly, you're not even sure what's happening. You just see an expanding light. You feel an intense, piercing, pervasive pain as the various bolts of magic shoot through you. You see Gary's skin melt away in the heat. The top left of his skull is exposed and aflame as his eyes begin to roll into the back of his head. However, you then see a dark, pearlescent, purple strand of energy emanate off the rapidly disintegrating Dark Elf and attach to Gary, regrowing his burning skin and muscles. The process seems to repeat as the ball of energy expands to consume the zombies standing at the edge of the pit, and strand of energy after strand of energy attaches to Gary, continually bringing him back from the brink of death. He almost looks stronger, but hollow, and certainly in agony. Which reminds you, you're burning. It feels like an eternity. And as your eyes begin to blur and disintegrate, you look down. Your hands are bone, and your torso is quickly being eaten by the dark magic charges as one of those strands of energy shoots out from you and attaches to Gary. Thomas, what is your last thought before you die? I think there's poop in my pants. You're a naughty little marine biologist. <laughs> Hoorah. Well, professor. What, huh? This, this is the halftime ad with Nikki B. All right, everybody, welcome to the halftime zone. How you doing today? Don't answer that. I can't hear you. All right. 
So today's episode is brought to you by our beautiful patrons. Look at them, gorgeous. And because they're so beautiful, we're forming a little club over at patreon.com slash Drimbus with tons of benefits for beautiful people, like shouting out your beautiful names, a beautiful Discord, getting beautiful NPCs named after you, exclusive merch, which is beautiful, and our favorite, the most beautiful, patron-only bonus content for the most beautifulest patrons. We've got back to basics. We've got caffeine kisses. But don't you forget after the Drimbus. It's our post-game chat show, which we record after every single session to share our thoughts, theories, and insights into the episodes. Check out this one for last week's episode where we discuss episodes 13 and 14 and the unexpected turn that brought us to Golden Sands. It's so funny because it all played out so beautifully, right? Because it was like, oh, let's have this like very like pretty serious scene, and then let's come back to Gary and Gary. uh, I need a sandwich. God, I fucking love that scene. This dumb joke, but then bringing it in to be like, oh, you came to save me, ended up being such a nice (laughs) like uh, resolution of the scene that happened right before. Like, I I don't know, I could not have made that up if I wanted to, right? It was. Yeah, it was beautiful. It made me like Jeb a lot more. Yeah. Like, he's such, so nice. Like, his, his, my problems became his problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I felt it. <laughs> run, lad. Run. <laughs> they may take our lives, but they'll never take our sandwiches. And I just bust into the house on the horse. Ah. <laughs> uh. So, if you're a beautiful person and you want to join the collective of beautiful patrons, go to patreon.com slash Drimbus, where you can get access to all these series and more on the way. And now, let me thank you. <clears throat> Jerry Benetados, Queso Loco, John Mitchell, Terrence Knox, Victoria Madrid, Greta and Beignet, Alejandro Lopez, Ace Andrews, Emrys Craig, Ben B., Thomas Murphy, Regina Russell, Lazy Tortoise, Morgan Holly, Salty, EV Power, Adrian Bundy, and Sam Olivos. Thank you all so much from the bottom of our hearts, the top of our hearts, the all of our hearts. We love you. Well, it's been great having you here this week in the halftime zone. I'm going to miss you, but I have to put you back in. So sorry. Take care, gang. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jessica, Ostragon, and Tiro, you are knocked flat onto your stomachs as this massive blast of magic fires off inside the house. The blast is so strong, a section of the adobe wall crumbles and collapses around you. When you stand up, 
You look into the hut and see absolutely nothing besides a scorched crater. The zombies are gone, along with the elf, the staff, most of the ground, and Thomas. (gasps) As if they never existed. No! In the center of the crater is a collapsed, grayish-looking Gary. His clothes and gear entirely disintegrated. Oh my! Oh, no, oh no, God, no, 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 Gary, no, no. Gary, and I run over to Gary to check on him. Mister Mogbile, and you see Ostrogon kind of limps with a staff and runs around the house with you toward uh, the crater. And Gary, you are lying there, not even sure what just happened to you. You think you should be dead. You feel like you just died, not once, not twice, but maybe ten times, and yet you are alive. Gary, you have zero HP, but one hundred temporary hit points. No, 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 I'm gonna... So Tiro's going to jump into the pit and, like, hoist him up and just, like, smack him. Like, you idiot! Do you have any idea what you just did? Hey, stop hitting my friend here! You, you rapscallion! No, no, Miss Felcher, I agree with him! Mr. Mockmire, what what's possibly going through your mind destroying a staff? Lesson number one in magic, you do not break the staff! And he whacks you with the stick and takes uh, one of your temporary hit points away. <laughs> what happened? I toss him to the ground. He falls to the ground, and Ostrogon puts his staff out beneath you to kind of try and soften your fall. And as you wheeze... It's as if your ribs are still broken in pieces, but like loosely held together, almost like you're still coming back from this weird back and forth of death and life. And you hear some soft snorts off from the left as you see Tony the Pony miraculously awaken and he gallops into the house toward Gary while Popcorn blinks softly as he begins to wake up as well. Tony runs up to you, Gary, and begins licking your face and tries to help you to your feet. I I don't... (laughs) Thanks, Tony. I don't understand. What what the hell just happened? (laughs) Well, uh, Gary, I wouldn't expect you to know because you're not a magic user, but uh, it's kind of... Thomas killed is what happened. You performed. He'll never taste that sweet, sweet hoagie now. (laughs) Well, magic 101, if the magic is brought together in something, then obviously the magic has to go somewhere. Everyone knows you do not break Wands. When you break a staff, the charges are more often than not released all at once. The energy has to go somewhere. Good lord, have you never read a book in your life? Not, not in the magic realms. I, I'm, I'm as green as they come when it comes to that stuff. Clearly. <laughs> well, not anymore. And Ostrogon gestures to you, and you look down at your hands, and your skin is now more gray than it is green. And Jessica reaches into her purse, takes out her mirror, and shows Gary his reflection. Ah, oh, God. He's looking, like, at both profiles, like, left and right, but still eyes, like, towards the mirror. Ah, my beautiful face. My gorgeous, beautiful, flawless face. Oh, God. She's never going to want me now. My Elizabeth. She's going to hate. Oh. Oh, no. No, don't don't you worry about that. I think Grizabeth, she, uh... She, she fell in love with the with the goblin on the inside. Well, I think she fell in love with that right there. And he points his staff toward your genitals that are fully exposed in your naked state. Are they are they uh, above average? You know, are they uh... <laughs> roll roll a constitution check? 
Uh, I got a 23. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's impressive. Oh, oh, my, oh my word. And, and Jessica, like, kind of, like, turns a deeper shade of green in that moment and then and then turns away and she's like i i i uh oh oh golly uh <laughs> gary throws it over his shoulder he's like sorry you had to see that <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god <laughs> tony blushes <laughs> I would like Tony the Pony to roll a constitution check now. Uh, sure. Let's see what Tony the Pony's constitution is. Are you, wait, do you want to see if Tony the Pony's hung like a horse or like a pony? Is that I, what you are inquiring? That is, that is what I was inferring, but Let's that, see. that can just... That, that, Tony this the Pony... No, 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 this is canon. Tony the Pony <laughs> is hung. You know what? Tony the Pony... Oh, God. You would think he's Tony the Horse, is all I'm going to say. Oh, Jesus Christ. He got a nice 18. Anyway, <laughs> Ostrogon just kind of looks around in disbelief and says, A blast that powerful. This, this was no ordinary I, staff. I didn't mean it. Guys, I thought that. I, I was just trying to stop him from, from coming back at us. I didn't know this. Oh, Thomas. Tiro's just going to start pacing in the background. Thomas, I'm so sorry. Oh, Thomas. I, oh, jeez. I... I should have done more. There, I, I should have stopped us from even coming here in the gosh dang first place. We, we by rights we shouldn't even be here. Is there anything that Gary can like do to see what remains of Thomas? Roll an investigation check. Uh, Sixteen. You look and again the blast was so powerful. Like you were initially in a square dug out pit. You are now in like a perfectly bowl-shaped crater because it not only vaporized Thomas, the zombies, the elf, but the literal earth itself. And you see no traces of any of that. It is as if all that matter has been just gone into the ether. What was that roll again? 16. So you don't find any evidence of any other beings ever having been here. But you also managed to put together you you feel an odd energy within you and based on what occurred you realize that it seems the damage you dealt was then returned and you are now filled with this necrotic energy that seems to be keeping you alive you feel like shit you are at zero hp you are being kept alive temporarily if you do not get those up soon you feel like you're gonna kick the bucket at some point (laughs) But yeah, unfortunately, there are no traces of Thomas. Astrogon, is there anything we can do to get him get him back? It takes great magic, and I do not... I don't specialize in, in that sort. It, uh, I don't know what your persuasion is spiritually, but people have been known to make wishes, if you will. At least in legend, that is the only way to bring back someone who is so entirely gone. Were there some piece of his body left, then perhaps, but with nothing. There's nothing to work with besides, essentially, prayer. The whole. Your guess is as good as mine. And with that, Jessica kind of looks up into the into the sky and she goes, Ah, uh, well, you know, if, uh, if anyone's up there or out there, or, uh, and then she looks down and she's like, or I suppose if anybody's down there, I suppose <laughs> to, uh, if you come across a fella named, uh, Thomas, 
tell him, tell him it's not his time to, to turn around and come back. <laughs> Roll a religion check. With disadvantage. With disadvantage, it is a nine. You plead. This is all my fault. Excuse me for a minute, guys. I'm going to step outside for a sec. Are we not outside already? I mean, this wall has been blasted apart, so I think we're kind of... We're kind of, we're neither in nor are we out. We're side. <laughs> not quite in, not quite out. Just side. T-Row, you step outside. Who is that anyway? Uh, his name's T-Row. He's, uh, he's an, he's a, he seems a pleasant enough fella, but, uh, he was on some sort of, I don't know, like, it seemed like a reconnaissance or some, I don't know exactly. You know, it, the heat, the moment, the battle, I was kind of going in and out there for a while. So everything's a bit hazy and fuzzy. But he seemed like he wanted to help. Without Thomas, I don't know how I'm supposed to find this mythic hoagie. Oh, we can help you with that. What do you propose we do now? I, well, we promised you a hoagie. We're going to find one in town. Or at least the ingredients, hopefully. Yeah, we'll, we'll find that hoagie. And I think then, I think it's home for us. We are, we are, uh, we're fishes well, out of water here. Jessica, how... Jeez. Well, why, why did we come here again? Ah, uh, you know, it beats me to sure as heck. I just thought we were... Uh, we, I knew we should have just taken a new case or something. Oh, looking for this her. this wild goose chase of... H. Hagatha. We're just making that assumption, too. Who knows? The H could have been somebody else. We never even chatted with with the neighbors either. So I'm I'm kind of worried that we might have jumped the gun Jessica, here. I think we're too far gone. I think I think going back is going to be just as hard, if not harder. But Gary, I'm scared. I am, too. But we can't let Thomas's absence be for nothing. We need to avenge and bring back Dot. To be fair, we don't even really know where we are. I, I, I assume we're somewhere close to the shore based on the environment, but... Right now, uh, I think we gotta get to town. Get you your sandwich, and I... Although I don't deserve it, I need to rest up. <clears throat> Mr. Mogbile, you really should try and educate yourself. If you're going to be out here on, on these adventures, it is, it is far too dangerous to be acting so haphazardly. Mr. Ostrogon... You're the only one I know <clears throat> that's come across in a while that understands <clears throat> that goblins, it, we're stronger than most people think, you know, goblins that we've, they've always <clears throat> taken this, uh, uh, this less than level, you know, this lower than the rest of society role, right? But then there's you, living proof that we can be so much more that it's not about genes. It's about... It's about the will. And... I have a family to protect. And if I... I'm strong now, but you're right. I need to get stronger, and I hate to do this. Well, if you wouldn't mind, if you could... Uh, teach me the ways of Arcana, I would be so grateful. Mr. Mogbile, I'm flattered. I don't know that I've ever tutored anyone. My two centuries of life and experience have been driven out of necessity. I lived in a very different time. I understand it's not necessarily that much easier now, but believe me, it's been worse. My knowledge is hard won through plenty of trial and error, and I can't say I haven't hurt 
my fair share of people in my day either. But I've gone through all this trouble to stay alive and I'm not quite sure why. I live in a tower, alone, amassing knowledge, although I stopped learning a long time ago. This adventure, speaking with you, the, the short hours we've spent together, it's the most alive I have felt in decades. It would be my honor to learn alongside you, for there are many more secrets life has yet to reveal. Let's prove that goblins are not just subservient beings. May I be your apprentice? Gladly. Consider yourself so. Gary stands up as proudly as he can with all the aches and burns. Yeah, you feel your organs like twist in pain, but you stand tall. You are about to kind of hunch over in pain, and Tony props his head up under your elbow to help you stay standing. Does Ostrogon knight him or something to be apprentice? <laughs> he takes a staff and he knights you on each shoulder, and then he whacks you once on top of the head and he goes. <laughs> Consider that your first lesson. I do not intend to get killed as you just did to Mr. Phelps. You will act only when I say so. Understood? Yes, sir. Very well. All right. Well, I I guess, uh, Gary, we should go get you that bit of rest in town, and we'll get you those those hoagie supplies, Ostrogon, if we, uh... Well, speaking of town, where the heck is that? Let's ask, uh, Tiro. Excuse me, Tiro. Tiro, excuse me, uh, do you... Hmm? Um, do you know where town is? Uh, town? Yeah, like, uh, like civilization. I, I mean, the, the obviously we're in, like, some sort of, uh, zombie village or something here, but, uh, is there any place that we could, uh, you know, hang our hat? Oh, yes, uh, right, right, and you can see he's kind of, like, looking off into, like, the distance or anything. <laughs> it's like, oh, the, the next town, um, I'm not entirely too sure. Uh, again, I was just here looking for a friend. Oh, I, um, I, I'm so sorry. We're, is that why you were so upset with the, with the explosion? Do you, was one of the zombies your friend? And oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, we were so focused on all lost that we didn't even check uh, to see if you n- lost anyone no, in that explosion. Really, um, the wand. I just recognized it. It was, it, it belonged to one of my dear friends, and we were trying to find a way to get it back to him. Um, it was obviously uh, stolen from him, and. We just wanted to find a way to really reclaim it, and once your friend destroyed it, um, it just meant so much to him. Oh, Mr. Tiro, I'm, I'm truly sorry. I was just trying to do what I thought was best for my friends. No, I no, no. thought I was saving I us. I understand you didn't, you didn't know. It's just, you, you don't understand. Just the, the sort of consequences, but... Uh, it's fine and he's still just like peeking out the side of his like eyes to like roll a perception check for me five you don't hear anything (laughs) Uh, is there any way we can recreate the staff or get you a similar one or is it more sentimental we could get a nice little plaque made maybe we can set up like a little memorial thing here maybe with the no no um, it's it's a little obvious that's the staff itself, some of its power resides uh, within you, but I don't think there's a way to really channel that back into a, a different object. And, you know, just the sentimental value is irreplaceable. What is everyone's passive perception? My passive perception is 11. Mine's 10. So at this point, you see a redheaded gnome in beige linen clothes stumble his way over the dune just to the north of town. 
he rolls down the sand, regains his footing at the bottom, and stares toward the village with disbelief. Tiro, he looks toward you and gives you a questioning thumbs up as if to ask if the way is clear. Tiro just, like, nods. Okay. He begins walking toward you as all of you then hear from over the duna. Uh, you gotta get out of here. And cresting over the hill, you see ten Anubi with spears. Oh, no. Oh, I see even more danger. We gotta get out of here. Uh-huh. Yeah, popcorn, let's go. But, I mean, are they even fit to be carrying us right now? Popcorn, can you handle that? <laughs> he stands up, and it looks like he is extremely weak. Oh, God. Everyone give me a history check. Seven. Jessica's is a 17. Jessica, you see these 10 Anubi begin marching down the dune in perfect unison. And they are these canine people with elaborate headdress. And as they walk in perfect unison, they hold their spears upright, chanting all together. (laughs) And something clicks in your mind. I don't know if it was one of the books that you read at some point or some course that you took. But you remember that in some region of the continent of Ulmerissia, there is a court that uses almost exclusively Anubi as reclaimers. Let's go. Come on. We can't be sacrificed. I don't want to be sacrificed. Gary, Gary, wait. You really dig into the back of your law school knowledge, and you come up with the name Serenity. Now, I could be wrong here, but uh, there's there's a region called Serenity, and they use Anubites as their reclaimers, like exclusively. Uh, okay, I still think I might we might be in trouble here. I think I probably did something illegal. I mean, destroying a staff in self-defense, that can hardly be called illegal. If anything is illegal, it's all that necromancy that was going on here. I mean, but just... goodness gracious me. And while you're having this chat, the gnome bursts past you, running at full speed, and he grabs Tiro by the shirt, and he goes, Tyrannicus, did you get it? Where is it? Oh, Tyrannicus? Who's Tyrannicus? I, Tyrone. I, um, hey, Lucky, good to see you too. Answer the question, Tyrannicus. We're running out of time. Did you get it? This is going south fast. I think we gotta go, and, uh, Jessica. And he's gonna grab Lucky's head and, like, turn it towards Gary. I'm like, you're looking at it. God damn it. So it's gone. What's going on here? Jessica, I'm about Hello? to go with or without you. Obliterated. All right, fine. I'm coming. I'm coming. Is there any chance we can get it out of him? Gary starts running. Gary starts running with... He's, he's taking... Veronica is going to snap his fingers and he's going to cast <laughs> pants on Gary. <laughs> Wait, I'm naked. It doesn't matter. It's magic pants. It's not real pants. Ooh. Okay. What does he need to roll? Caught naked and with your pants down. My goodness. He has a beat 14 straight. Okay. Come on. Strength check. I rolled a... 21. Ooh, okay. These spectral pants appear around you. They are translucent, so you are still fully naked, but there's a little bit of like a vibrating pant around you, and it drops to your ankles trying to trip you. And as you begin running, you just tear the pants in half and they disappear into the ether. Let's go, Tony! Snap again and cast Ray Sickness. Oh my god, on whom? I'm gonna do it okay. Okay, roll that. All right, so that is an 18. Does that hit, Gary? You don't have your shield anymore. Uh, it doesn't, actually. Yeah, I took the shield off. It still doesn't hit. What? Wow. Barbarians, dope. Yeah, barbarians are overpowered in that. <laughs> Gary, you begin booking it. Tony is limping, trying to keep up with you. Jessica is left in the dust, confused, 
as you see Tiro begin casting all these spells at you. A ray shoots off. Lucky, don't just stand there. Help me out. It's, it's no use, Tirana, because we got to get out of here. All right, Lucky. You're right. Run, Jessica. They're trying to pants me. I am. I'm trying to keep up with you. You're not wearing pants, you silly goose. You owe me one. Big time. You're the reason why I'm even here. And you see Lucky kind of waves his hands around and casts something, and this spectral war unicorn appears, and he hops up onto it and offers a hand to you, Tyronicus. I grab his hand and I hop up on it. Okay, we see Tiro slash Tyronicus, question mark, the halfling, and Lucky, the gnome, atop this war unicorn, this black spectral steed with a red bone horn coming out as they take off past Jessica, past the awakening popcorn the horse, and then past a limping Tony and Gary. Tyronicus looks back at you and says, Next time. As they book it and the Anubi begin charging toward you in perfect unison, spears forward. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps, Michael Pisani as Jessica Felcher, TJ Berry as Tyronicus, and Nicholas Benetatos as Gary Markbile. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited by Michael Pisani and Giancarlo Herrera with sound design by Nicholas Benetatos. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after-the-show show, After the Drimbus, where we discuss behind-the-scenes and secrets, free exclusive merch, and the chance to create items for the campaign or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you all so much for listening, and I do declare I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is Yanni, and welcome to Season 2 of Harlem Queen. Thank you for listening. The season picks up with the search 
for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutant, a lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about Sinclair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. Oh, 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 oh,